The Cleveland Browns select Joe Hayden. This is an outstanding football player. Mel, you got to like the pick. Joe Hayden picked it off. A snap back, ball down, and they blocked it. Joe Hayden blocked it. Y'all know what time it is. I live wait. He throws, and it's picked off. Here comes Joe Hayden. At the 10, that's Joe Hayden into the end zone for the pick six. How about that play? How's this for a special guest? That's three-time Pro Bowl cornerback Joe Hayden of Cleveland Brown and Pittsburgh Steeler fame joining us as a guest analyst here on NFL Live. Welcome to Bristol. Man, thank you for having me. Do you still lift weights? I got to know. Oh, a little bit. A little, a little bit. bit. Not as much as I did when I played. Yeah, more time on the golf course now. A thousand percent. You know, it's a trade that you'll make a hundred times out of a hundred. We say welcome into NFL Live. We also have Kimberly Martin and Tim Hasselbeck joining us here for the next hour. We'll see them there in just a second. There they are. Looking forward to talking about plenty of things over the next 60 minutes. But we begin today with the two biggest names on the open market as in within the past three weeks both DeAndre Hopkins and Dalvin Cook have been officially released so while there's been plenty of conversation about where each of the two might land next Cook brought up this idea tag teaming with DeHop here he is on Adam Schefter's podcast everybody knows who DeHop is like you know what you're getting out of DeHop and you know what he's gonna bring to your roster and it's the same for me like you know what the film speaks for itself like I don't really got to do too much like you know talking about who Dalvin Cook and DeAndre Hopkins is but we haven't talked, and he was one of those guys that I was going to reach out to because, like, I know he got the same mindset as me. Like, we trying to go win. We trying to get on the roster and trying to go contend. So if we can't end up on the same roster and be on the same team, you know, that would be the beauty of the situation. You know, you, we, we know what we're trying to come do and what we bring to the team. So if we end up on the same roster, man, that would be something, like, that would be something epic for, for, for NFL. Talk about firepower. Cook and Hopkins have been two of the most productive players at their position in recent years. Cook is fourth in the NFL in rushing since his rookie season back in 2017, behind only Derrick Henry, Ezekiel Elliott, and Nick Chubb. Those guys are awesome. Hopkins, of course, sixth in the league in receiving yards in that span. That is despite missing time in each of the past two seasons, of course, six games to begin last year. But, Joe, uh, as we get through the possible scenarios where these two might play together or could play, could you envision a scenario where Dalvin Cook and DeAndre Hopkins end up with the same team? Uh, yeah, I really can. Uh, and that would be with the Dallas Cowboys. Ooh. I know they have uh, a little bit of cap space that they might have to deal with. Um, I think if we get Gallup out of there and then bring in D-Hop and then with the running back position with Ezekiel Elliott being gone, um, I think that they can fit, fill that void with Dalvin Cook and they'll be mm. perfect to have those two guys on the same team. With that defense too, wow, Kimberly. So here's the thing. We would all love to see it because those two guys are dynamic and special. The, the only issue here is the dollars and cents. Like, it's got to make financial sense for a lot of these teams. And the fact that we're at this stage in the offseason where a lot of rosters are set, you know, there might be a team that says, we would love to have those two guys talent-wise, but are they both – how much do they each want to get paid? Because it does have to make sense financially. And it's got to be a team that doesn't have a lot of money tied into a lot of big-name guys. Because why are they even on the market? Because their contracts, are, uh, that's a big reason. So whatever team they go to, what getting both of them, that's going to be pretty pricey. Kimberly, I agree. And I think when you look at this, you got to think about, you know, we kind of know what the market has been for DeAndre Hopkins. Like the Hopkins, it's been the Tennessee Titans. You know, had him in for a visit. The New England Patriots had him in for a visit. It doesn't really make sense for either of those teams to have interest in Dalvin Cook. And so 
you know, I think the interesting thing, I, listen, I, I kind of took those remarks as Dalvin Cook kind of just showing some respect to somebody who's been a great player in the National Football League. But really, I think the market for Dalvin Cook is actually going to be, um, you know, the opportunities, I should say, are going to be better than probably the opportunities for DeAndre Hopkins just based on age and, uh, you know, team needs and things like that. So uh, it probably makes a little more sense for Dalvin Cook not to hitch his wagon to anybody <laughs> else. All right, so I'm going to settle on having both of these guys on my fantasy football team this year. If it can't happen in reality, not a bad consolation, but in that same podcast with Adam Schefter, Dalvin Cook spoke about what's most important to him moving forward. I'm looking for that value of Dalvin Cook, man. If I walk into a situation, there's going to be a situation where I can help somebody go go take that next step of trying to go get the Lombardi Trophy. That's all I got my mind on. You know, the, the money part is going to come. That's my agent part. Me, Dalvin Cook, I'm looking for somebody that's ready to go win. You know, I could be the piece to go help somebody turn a, turn the page to go to go win and, and turn the franchise to go, go get a Lombardi Trophy. That's all I want. I want to go hold that trophy up, kiss it one time, and, you know, just enjoy my family. Yeah, that's, that's all I'm looking for right now. All right, so, Joe, we know it's not often we see a player with Dalvin Cook's resume available on June 20th, but what kind of player do you think he still is at this juncture of his career? I think he's still an all-pro type running back. Mm. Um, definitely Pro Bowl caliber. I think he can bring a team that literally needs a little bit on offense, a little bit of punch to uh, get them over the top. And especially now with him talking about him just wanting to kiss that Lombardi, I mean, it might not be at the price, the ticket that he wants, and Kimberly made a great point. It make, has to make dollars, has to make sense. But if you're that talented and you really just want to go get that ring, I mean, I, there's, you can help out so many teams. Tim, what do you think is left in the tank here for Dalvin Cook? Listen, I, st I think he's still a young enough player. Like, he's not, you know, he's not north of 30. Um, you know, he has a little injury history, but not a ton of wear and tear. Look, I, I think he can easily still be over a thousand yard back. Um, and so I, I believe you start to look at some other opportunities. Like, look, maybe it's the Buffalo Bills, a team that's been really struggling to find a consistent run game. They've relied way too much on their quarterback. Look, maybe the Miami Dolphins are a team that, um, because of the way they want to run the football, because of the way that backs get injured and what their aspirations are and how much they revolve their passing game off of their run game, Maybe a situation like Miami makes sense. So hmm. I, I do think there are going to be teams that are going to look at Dalvin Cook and say, look, he is as good or better than our starter, especially if we're talking about the 2023 season alone. Yeah. When you think about Dalvin Cook, I mean, he is just he's still dynamic. He's still special. If I'm Dalvin, though, I would want to wait a little bit. We've got July 17th is the deadline for some of these teams to, to sign their franchise guys. Survey the market. Wait a little bit. But something that Joe said, the Dallas Cowboys, obviously the hole with Zeke Elliott not being there. Miami, like any of these teams, if you're a team on the cusp of potentially winning a championship, you have to be interested in Dalvin Cook and Miami Buffalo. These, mm -hmm. are, these are teams that are very close to, to basically getting to the Super Bowl. It would be a no-brainer. But again, Dalvin is saying it's not about the money. Well, that's music to those teams' ears because they'll say, hey, you can win here. We just might have to pay a little bit less. It must be noted that if he does sign with Buffalo, he would, of course, reunite with his brother, James Cook, who, by the way, his full name is James Dalvin Cook. Dalvin's full name 
is Dalvin James Cook. I feel an obligation to share that, that fact every single time Dalvin Cook is linked to the Buffalo Bills. Real quick, before we, uh, before we go here, uh, Joe, as far as, like, the locker room is concerned, like, there's not much that can kind of get the locker room going, the juices going, like, I think adding a player of Dalvin Cook's caliber would, like, what would he bring to the locker room? What kind of excitement could he bring to an offense? And even as a guy that played on defense, like, that must get you fired up if you see a team add a player of his caliber. All right, man, you know, knowing a guy that has an all-pro, uh, pro bowl potential that can change the game on your team is going to help out everybody. Your defense is excited because you can't wait to get the ball back to him, being able to watch him run and do his thing. Uh, they're keeping you off the field, managing the clock. So just bringing in a player like that is going to bring the morale. He's a, he's a grown man, too. You can tell he's very mature, uh, goes about his business the right way. So I think it's going to be really, really good. Imagine doing this in like the middle of training camp when things start to get a little slow. The proverbial dog days of August are upon us in the NFL. Might spice up the locker room for a lot of good by adding a guy like Dalvin Cook. Still to come here on NFL Live, since we have Joe here in studio, we're going to have him rank his top five toughest matchups. And some of these rivalries go all the way back to his time in the swamp. Plus, Bryce Young and the other rookie quarterbacks are making noise at camp. Why our own quarterbacks has need to get in and make some mistakes. That's right. Coming up next. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Back on NFL Live, and all eyes were on the rookie quarterbacks and OTAs, and four quarterbacks were drafted in the first two rounds in April. Bryce Young, of course, went first overall, followed by C.J. Stroud and Anthony Richardson, both in the top four. Will Levis went early in round two to the Titans. Panther star pass rusher Brian Burns has already noticed Young's impact on the locker. Take a listen. It's hard not to like that kid. Um, I don't know. He he put he put quite a stamp on on uh, on the locker room. Uh, he walks around with this kind of kind of humble excuse my language like humble, but I know him the like type of type of swag. You know what I'm saying? Like he he know he got it, but he's humble with it, and he's always like no, he's always happy. I don't know. It's, I mean, ain't nothing to be, really be mad about, but uh, yeah, it's hard not to like that kid. He, he's a good kid. All right, that for some quick reads. That's a great quote right there, by the way, from Brian Burns. Tim, what's the biggest adjustment you think, though, for Bryce Young in Carolina? I think the biggest adjustment will end up being that he played the vast majority of his games in college with players around him that were the same or better than the opponent. And you know, you get to the National Football League, you know, you're hoping to have equal talent around you as the team that you're playing. And in this first year in Carolina, 
he'll have a bunch of games where he's got inferior talent around him. And so I think that adjustment where it's like, look, my teammates, you know, better than your teammate, not having that experience, I think will be a challenge. Kimberly, what's the buzz around CJ Stroud and Texans camp? Similar to Bryce Young, they love the way he carries himself. He's got that it factor, that swagger. So as much as it is the honeymoon phase and he's still a rookie, the Texans feel like everything we've seen on the field, how impressive he's been in the locker room, on the field, studying, that is why we drafted him as high as we did. Yo, of course, you went to Florida. So what are your expectations for your fellow Gator, Anthony Richardson, in year one? Um, I have pretty high expectations for him. I hope that they start Minshew at the beginning and just give him a little bit of time. Uh, let's not throw him out there to the Wolves. Um, I know his size, his speed, everything is just amazing. He has the build to be a great quarterback. I just want him to work on his accuracy a little bit. He's only played 13 games uh, at Florida. So just getting getting out there, getting his reps up, and just working on the accuracy. I love the dime into the, into the target. We need more of that. No doubt about that. Hey, Tim, of course, everybody knows by now that Anthony Richardson is raw amongst these quarterback prospects. But when do you think the right time for the Colts to begin starting him should be? Field, I'm going to say early. And so what I mean by early is, look, that could be week one. It doesn't have to be week one. Maybe it's week three, week five. But I think before you get to the midway point in the season, I think you have to put him out there. And the reason I say it, Joe just alluded to it. Look, 13 games, uh, you know, at Florida. In order to play the toughest position in all of sports at a high level, you can't just watch somebody else do it. You actually need practice doing it, and you need experience doing it. That's why I think it's important for him to get out there and play. And I think it, it and I, I would just say this, too. And it's going to be okay when he makes mistakes. Like, okay in his mind, okay in the fans' minds, okay in the coaches' minds, because then you can teach and learn from it. And it's way easier to learn from a mistake that you've made then learn from watching somebody else make a mistake. And so I would just know, hey, you're going to take your lumps, but get him out there and get him, you know, get him playing so that he goes into, you know, year two as, the, as a starter. And at that point, he's got 10 pro starts under his belt. Like mm. that, to me, is setting him up for some success. So I agree with Tim on this point that at some point in this season, we should see Anthony Richardson. But I spent time at Indy during draft week, and I talked to GM Chris Ballard. And when we talked about the different rookie prospects that were coming out, Anthony Richardson was a guy who clearly had a tremendously high ceiling, but he needed a lot of work. And Chris Ballard said, we don't want somebody that's going to be Superman. We want somebody that's going to come in here and just drive the car. So at some point, we will see Anthony Richardson. But I think the Colts are very patient with a new head coach, a rookie quarterback. Right now, they want to make sure that this is a 10-year investment and not put him out a little too soon. Yeah, I think you're making really, really good points. The same thing, we want him, We think he should get out there this year but not know an exact date. I think they have a pretty good, easy schedule for the first two games. I think the third game is a pretty tough defense. And after that, I think uh, he should be ready to go. So once they play the Jags, the Texans, and then at the Ravens, I think that might be a tough game. But then when they come back home to the Rams and Titans, I think that might be a good time where Richardson could uh, maybe get into that starting lineup. That home-heavy schedule for Indy early in the season as well. Hey, I wanted to follow up with you on this, Joe. So Tim mentioned, I thought, a really great point about, like, sometimes the best thing for a young player can be mistakes. Mm -hmm. You don't want to make the same mistake twice, but you do want to make them because you can learn from them. Did you have that experience? I mean, you were the seventh overall pick, started right away, major expectations, but how integral were the mistakes to your growth as a player? 
Uh, it's big time. It was really big because you realize the game has changed. When you leave from college to the NFL, yeah. everybody is an all-star. Everybody was the best of the best of their positions. So when I came there, just understanding the roles, my position, what they wanted me to do. But at the same time, practices were a little different. You're playing against that A1 competition every day. So being able to make those mistakes, being able to go into the film room, talk to your coaches, really break it down. You have nothing else to do. You don't have school. You have no papers that you have to go do. So his whole thing is making those mistakes in practice, sitting down with his coaches, studying the tape and trying to get better, not making continuous mistakes. I don't want to use Patrick Mahomes as, the, as sort of the, the reference point for every quarterback. He's mm -hmm. the best player in the league right now on the planet right now. But he talks so much about how much he grew from year one to year two as a starter because he saw things the first time around that maybe were perplexing to him by the second year. Not as perplexing. There's a lot of mental growth that can take place because the physical skills are so incredible for a guy like Anthony Richardson. Coming up here on NFL Live, Adam Schefter details Lamar Jackson's contract extension with the Ravens in our off-season storyline series. Plus, Joe reveals his keys to at least trying to slow down the former MVP. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really... Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Today, we continue an annual series led by our own Adam Schefter as he dives into the biggest questions of the NFL offseason from quarterback contract extensions to old faces in new places. Today, we tackle, well, the seemingly untackleable Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson wanted to be paid like the big-time quarterback he is, but he still has to prove he can make it to the postseason and then play well once he gets there. Jackson has started only three of a possible 13 games in December and January the past two years. Lamar Jackson appears to be shaken up. He is in pain. And when he has played in the postseason, he's compiled only a 1-3 record with his only playoff win coming in the 2020 wildcard round versus the Tennessee Titans. In the postseason, Jackson has more interceptions, five, than touchdown passes, three. And it is intercepted. Looking toward the end zone. That one's picked off. A pick six. A lot of mistakes on my behalf. Three turnovers. That shouldn't happen. But this is going to be a season with a new offensive coordinator in Todd Monken, new wide receivers in Odell Beckham Jr., Zay Flowers. Hey, we about to work. Let's get to it. And Nelson Aguilar. And in a new offensive system, in which Jackson himself expects to pass more than he runs. I want to throw for like 6,000 yards. Jackson looking to throw. Beckham caught it in the end zone. Touchdown Ravens. 
So there are plenty of changes with the Ravens, but they need their biggest changes to come late in the season, especially in the postseason. Joe, I'm very jealous of the fact that you played the NFL and I didn't, but I'm not <laughs> jealous of the fact that you had to try to slow down Lamar Jackson. What is the key to trying to make that happen? Uh, the key is trying to keep him in the pocket, honestly. Um, you have to basically, you want him, when I say keep him in the pocket, it does not mean he cannot throw. Mm. He has a great, great arm. It's just when he uses his legs, he can run basically just as good as the best running backs in the entire NFL. So just trying to make sure that you keep him inside of the pocket, contained, um, add a safety into the box where you making sure that you can make sure when he runs the ball, you have a spy on him and you have eyes on him at all times. Um, you want him to try to throw it, not knocking it. You don't. You would like to your corners to at least press, press the, press the receivers up and throw them off of their routes so you can mess up the timing. And your defensive line needs to get after the quarterback. I'm glad you mentioned, by the way, at the start that you're not saying Lamar isn't an elite passer. Yes. It's just that you got to pick your poison here a little bit, and he makes everybody fast linebackers, fast defensive backs, fast defensive linemen look dumb when he's running because he's just that special of an athlete. So, Tim, of course, there is a new offensive coordinator this year for the Baltimore Ravens. That's Todd Munkin taking over for Greg Groman. What are your expectations for Lamar Jackson as a result this season? Well, listen, my expectations are that we're going to see a lot more of the same field. And, and the reason I say that is, you know, Joe's exactly right. Like, defenses are going to continue to say, look, we would rather keep you in the pocket. Like, we would rather you... Um, you know, stay a passer. And to Joe's point, not because he's not a good passer, but he's such a good runner that you would rather him throw the football. Something bad can happen. You can get a batted ball. You can get drop pass. You, like something bad can happen in a passing situation. So the reason I say that is this. People are going to defend them in saying, look, we want to stop the run. Now, the run game is not going to, in my estimation, really not be any different. That shouldn't change, and I doubt that it will. What Todd Monken is there to try to do is to put passing concepts off of some of that run action that are good for Lamar and kind of get that passing game going. And with better players on the perimeter, Odell Beckham Jr. and Zay Flowers, I think there is a feeling like they can do that and take a step forward in the passing game. I really can't wait to see this offense. Some ingenuity might mean some change for the good there in Baltimore. But let's stay in the AFC North with some quick reads on the quarterbacks and. Joe, a guy who shares your name, Joe Burrow, outstanding in different ways than Lamar Jackson. But what makes him so difficult to defend? Uh, what makes Joe Burrow so difficult to defend is, for one thing, he has three of the top talent and talented receivers in the league. When we go Jamar Chase, we go Higgins, and we go uh, Tyler Boyd. Um, they just, it, it doesn't hurt when you have that talent. Yeah. And then he has arm talent. He has the confidence. He has the swag. He has the cachet where he can make all of the all the throws, all of the passes. So, I mean, with those, with, the, with those receivers, that running back, I mean, it's just it's a monster. I want his swagger, that's for sure. Hey, Tim, what's the difference for Deshaun Watson this year in year two in Cleveland? He doesn't have the long layoff field, and uh, it's another year in a system that he's going to be more comfortable with. Look, it's not crazy to say he was one of the five best quarterbacks in the league before the suspension, but I don't care who you are, take over a year off of playing football, there's going to be some rust when you come back. I think that ends up being the difference for him in year two. All right, Kimberly, no Joe Hayden still in Pittsburgh, so Kenny Pickett, the biggest name in town. What's the buzz around him going into year two? 
All right, so Field, um, Kenny Pickett, he's bringing the moxie back. He's bringing the natural-born leadership back. Now he's just got to protect the football and make more plays. You talk about the AFC in general, you have a lot of great quarterbacks. You need to have an explosive offense. So the key to the Steelers offensively is going to be Kenny Pickett doing more and Matt Canada and this offense having more chemistry and being more explosive. Now, who better to hear from on Kenny Pickett? And Kenny Pickett himself, Ooh. that he and Mike Tomlin spoke a little bit earlier last week during the team's final week of minicamp and OTAs. I'm getting a lot more reps than, than I ever was you know, last year. Um, I feel a lot more comfortable being in the system the second time around, being with these guys for year two. Um, so just, you know, we're heading in the right direction. You know, I feel that. So just got to keep showing up every day. He's probably a little bit lower anxiety than he was a year ago. And, and so he's able to absorb, absorb the totality of what it is that we're doing and the things that come with being him, the leadership component. And I just think he's in position to receive things from a different perspective this year that may change his outlook on what it is that we're doing. Tim, it's not uncommon for a quarterback, especially, to make that year one to year two leap. Do you think Kenny Pickett will do that this season? I do, because everything that Mike Tomlin just referenced, look, he, a year ago he was really not expected to be the starter because of, uh, you know, they're playing a quarterback. Now he walks in with an entire offseason of, look, you're the guy. We're building everything around you, which means you're getting the reps, which means everybody's looking at you in, in terms of taking that leadership role. That matters. The talent around him is probably better than it was a year ago. More familiar with the system. So, yes, I do think Kenny Pickett, who has a lot of experience in terms of number of starts in college, uh, I do think he takes a big step uh, in his second year as a starter. Um, yeah, I feel the same way. And I feel like him having those experienced uh, weapons around him with Najee Harris being able to be legitimate running back where if, if all else fails, turn around and hand him the ball because mm. uh, he'll help you out a whole lot. And then we got Deontay Johnson. Uh, I like my fire move, the, um, our tight end. And then our new um, receiver, George Pick, is 14. I think that at the end of the day, with so much talent around him, it's going to be able to help out the Steelers and just get the pressure off of his back so he won't feel like he has to throw, throw, throw to win the games. You could just sometimes hand that thing off to Najee. felt like his confidence certainly grew towards the end of last season. Here's an offensive snapshot on paper here. You mentioned some of those big-time offensive weapons shouldn't be overlooked that this team has also reinforced the offensive line, specifically that left side with both Roderick Jones and Isaac Sayamalu added this offseason in the draft in free agency. Nobody gives a better speech than Mike Tomlin. He had an impassioned one to his team last week in OTAs. Take a listen. It's always good to acknowledge reasonable expectations. I expect you get better in all areas, man, whether it's the the knowledge relative to what it is that you do, the maintenance and the preparation of your body, the understanding of the game, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You need to continually be a guy on the rise. That is a reasonable expectation, as opposed to just coming in here putting in time. What do I mean by that? I mean the things that made you viable in the past aren't going to be the things that make you viable moving forward. He's the best. What's it like being in a Mike Tomlin locker room, though? Oh, it's just he speaks so passionately. He speaks so just thorough. And everybody he gets through to his team, um, we understand what he's saying. Um, he just wants the best from his players. I think the one thing that NFL players want is honesty. They want your coaches to let you know where you stand, how you stand, what can I do better, what do you need from me. And that's the one thing Coach Tomlin is always going to give you is honesty. He's going to tell you exactly what he wants from you. I mean, and that's just that's the best situation you can have from a coach. 
think about the Steelers, Mike Tomlin hasn't had a losing season. Yeah. He is different. He is different. When you think about the quarterbacks, Roethlisberger, honestly, on one leg towards the end, going from the Trubisky and all this to, to what we have now with Kenny Pickett, like, there are a lot of question marks with this roster, but the one consistent thing is Mike Tomlin giving you those sort of pep talks behind the scenes. Like, he's honestly the MVP of this organization. Like, he yeah, literally that's... is the heart and soul of this organization and why they almost made the playoffs last year. Yeah, I would just say this. I've played for a bunch of different coaches and, you know, didn't ever have the opportunity to play for Tomlin. But hearing that those comments in June, how that resonates with players, like, it is hard to grab players' attention in June. But to be able to do that in June, where you're grabbing people's attention of like, look, we're building this now, that, that's not easily done. And I think to Kimberly's point, to Joe's point, like that, uh, that's why he's having this success. He has the ability to reach people. Maybe it's you know how authentic he is. Maybe it's the honesty. Um, but reaching guys this time of year is not easy. If you told me that Mike Tomlin was actually a Fortune 500 CEO that the Steelers had brought in to address the team, I'd buy it. I mean, the guy is the person that motivational speakers turn to for motivation themselves. Uh, Joe Hayden is a quick study, my friends. That's what we have learned so far in the first half of NFL Live. And take a look. If you don't believe me, how about our guy, Booger McFarlane, who had this to say about you, Joe. Nice job on TV today, young fella. And how about this? He's an LSU guy, too. Like, that's got to come up. That, that hits you, a little Booger. bit different, right? Love you. Putting their, uh, <laughs> you're putting their LSU Florida beef aside for a second to acknowledge the quick study that is. Up next on NFL Live, the running back market's got a bunch of big names and talent, but teams aren't fighting. Why Joe thinks the league is disrespecting the position group. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. The 77th annual NBA Draft is Thursday from Barclays Center in Brooklyn. The Spurs have the coveted first pick. I've got them taking Victor Wembenyama. I'm going out on a limb there. 8 Eastern on ABC, ESPN, ESPN Radio, and the ESPN app. Our coverage begins at 7.30 on ESPN right after sports. All right, so though Dalvin Cook has been to four straight Pro Bowls, it's possible his new team will be getting an even better version of him than we have seen recently as he underwent shoulder surgery and apparently has been feeling better than ever. Take a listen. How much of a difference do you expect that to make this year, being that your labrum will be healthy finally? It's going to be a big difference, man. Not just it being in my head anymore, just me going to just play football and being me and you know like but people that's going through it like a similar situation of like you should get your shoulder done or not like it's always in the back of your head when you take any carry like when you get the ball it's always in your head like my shoulder could possibly come out so me getting it done it's like now it's over like now I could be Dalvin Cook back to Florida State Dalvin Cook and just turn it loose just be me and just just have fun man I'm just ready to go have fun 
It's turning back time, it sounds like. So, Kimberly, what more are you hearing about Cook's health after that offseason shoulder surgery? Well, he tweeted it himself. He said, feels great. And when you think about what he's talking about, the mental wear and tear mm. this, in, this nagging injury has had, the scary thing is as productive as he has been, Dalvin Cook has been dealing with a nagging shoulder issue for several years. And now for him to go out on the field and not have the mental fatigue of worrying about that. Now, physically, he's 100%. Like, that is a scary proposition for defenses when you think about how productive he's been to this point, and he hasn't been 100%. Feels like right now, running backs are kind of all the rage in the news in the NFL. So let's update some other big running back news around the league. Kimberly, starting with Saquon Barkley in New York. Yeah, you know, unfortunately, Field, there hasn't been much movement there. Both sides want to be together, but again, the issue is always going to be money and what a new contract looked like. Now, ownership loves Saquon Barkley. John Mara wants him back. But, you know, here's the thing. Joe Shane, their new GM, he was brought in to sort of fix the issues that was, that was left by Dave Gettleman, the former GM. So we'll see how this plays out. Oh, J.K. Dobbins. All right. J.K. Dobbins. So... He clearly wants to be a Raven for life, and John Harbaugh expected to see him at mandatory minicamp, but J.K. Dobbins was not there. He is still sitting out. He still was sitting out mandatory minicamp. Nobody is very, nobody's happy in this running back market. It is wild. So hopefully, again, it's a lot of wait and see with these guys, including Ezekiel Elliott. Now, here's a guy that literally was shown recently working out with former Cowboys teammates, including his bestie, Dak Prescott. So obviously the thought is, could he be a cowboy again? I don't know. Just pause for a little bit. Don't know if Jerry Jones necessarily wants to go that route. But again, a lot of these running backs on the market, and it is a depressed market. So we've got a couple more weeks when that franchise tag deadline kicks in. So then we'll start to see everything clear out. We know exactly where everybody stands. Field. And well, we don't. Well, one player that we are certainly keeping our eyes on here, though, Kimberly, is Josh Jacobs, the Raiders <sighs> franchise tag running back. And he tweeted about an hour and a half ago, bad business. Now, that could mean any number of things. So make of that what you will. But his head coach, Josh McDaniels, did talk about Jacobs' absence from the team's mandatory minicamp last week, noting he is not technically under contract. JJ's the only one that's not under contract. So everybody, everybody's here. So we have 90 because we have the international program. The deadline is not until July. So I respect everything about that process. This is not the first time that's happened in terms of me being a part of that. I stand by what I said before. Love the kid, love the player, love the person, and um, look forward to when I see him. All right, Joe, it's a trend right now. Running backs having trouble getting paid in the NFL. How do you explain it? Um, it, it is what it is now. Basically, they're just they're not appreciating the running back position. I think the NFL feels like they can, well, when they stop drafting them in the first round first, then they feel like they can get them in the second round, the third round, the fourth round. There's undrafted free agents available everywhere they can get to do the running back position. I don't think it's fair at all when you have Josh Jacobs, when you have Saquon Barkley, real official running backs that came in doing it the right way. They should be getting paid. There's no reason why it's so easy for quarterbacks, cornerbacks, wide receivers. Everybody gets paid once their first rookie contract is up. Running backs, they know that they have a seven years where you can get that real running back in them. They play the first four, and then you're going to have you can tag them for at least two. Mm -hmm. So in six years, you're going to get the best out of the running back. And then after that, they want a three, four-year deal. They're like, no, I'm not going to pay you that money because you're you're past your prime. Basically, what they try to do. So. I feel bad for the guys, but um, it, it is what it is how the league's doing it right now.
Yeah, I think the timeline Joe just gave of how teams treat running backs, you, know, you draft them, if they turn out to be a good player, you go ahead and put the tag on them. And at that, that point, they're approaching 30 years old. And the idea that you're going to invest long-term in somebody uh, at that age with that, you know, quite honestly, wear and tear. Because what they've done is probably run the wheels off of them, you know, over that six, seven-year period. So I do think that, uh, look, it's just kind of, you know, unfortunately, the, the way the business works, like it used to be that fullbacks, you know, they, they were, weren't getting paid because it was like, listen, we'll find somebody else that wants to jam their neck for a living. Like, we'll just, we'll kind of move you on and find somebody else. Look, running back is turning into that. And that's why guys that, you know, are unique, they're three down backs. So whether it's Saquon, as Joe mentioned, whether it's Christian McCaffrey, those are the guys I think that, that only have a chance because they can then say, look, the volume in my value is beyond first and second down. And there aren't many guys on the planet that are as versatile and can do the things that I can do. I think those are the only backs that have a chance to get rewarded with long-term security. Tim, I agree with you, but here's the thing. Even Saquon Barkley isn't happy with his situation. And when you think about Josh Jacobs, imagine the Raiders don't pick up his fifth-year option. He leads the league in rushing, and then he's hit with the franchise tag. Like, if you are a running back right now, you have dynamic players out there, and it's unfortunate that you can grind them up and use their bodies. And then when they say, look at the production, look at the Giants are not the Giants. They don't get to the, to the playoffs without Saquon Barkley. Yet Saquon Barkley is the one sitting there saying, what about, what about my value? Yeah. And, and then it becomes a business decision. And, and I get the business side, but it is not fair to these guys who literally move the chains. Just think about the context around this running back market and how stagnant it's been. Christian McCaffrey is the highest paid running back in the NFL still. He signed an extension three years ago. Jalen Hurts was the highest-paid quarterback for about three weeks before Lamar Jackson overtook that mantle. And by the way, Lamar's crown might be gone soon with Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert and potentially Patrick Mahomes due for more money as soon as, well, really any minute now. Running backs, tough times for you in the NFL. Hey, coming up, I can't wait for this, as Joe's going to give us the top five toughest players he had to cover in the NFL and why a memorable matchup with DeAndre Hopkins still wasn't enough for him to crack that list. That is next. Tonight at 7 Eastern on ESPN and ESPN Plus, we'll have the College World Series elimination game between number 5 LSU and number, well, I don't know what number Tennessee is, but they're playing under the lights. You don't want to miss this. Joe wants to find a way to have both of those schools lose. Go Gators. Go Gators. All right, we're back on NFL Live, and while many are wondering where DeAndre Hopkins and Dalvin Cook could end up, the four-time Pro Bowl running back mentioned on Sheffy's podcast that might play together, and he wants to potentially, well, I mean, team up. If we end up on the same roster, that will be something epic for the NFL, safe to say, whichever team that would be would get a lot better. But D-Hop, maybe not quite as focused right now on the tag team thing as new on NFL Live. We have this tweet from DeAndre Hopkins 16 minutes ago. Quote, whoever's in my future wide receiver group, I promise I will make your job easy. All right, so DeAndre Hopkins' tweet got us thinking back to one of Joe Hayden, three-time Pro Bowl cornerback, guest analyst on NFL Live's most memorable matchup that came on Christmas Day. 2017 
against DeAndre Hopkins. I can't tell if that expression was like a good memory or a bad memory. It was a bad memory. A bad memory. Yes, yes, but yes. He's a pro bowler. Too. He's a pro bowler. I made some plays on him. I had a couple pass breakups, but yeah. he had an amazing end zone touchdown catch on me. He was grabbing that's, my back. I mean, I mean look, PI, though? it's a little pi, but you know, I'm not mad at it. The ref wasn't looking. The ref is looking to see if he's putting two feet. If he's grabbing, he's going crazy. But that was a beautiful catch by him. Touchdown. Um, definitely a slight grab, but you know, I, D, D, I, D knows how I feel about him. Way Love that guy. Too, way too humble from you right there, uh, Tim. Clear OPI in my book. That had to be right. That that should have been ten yards going the other direction. As an offensive, as an offensive guy, field, I'm yeah. sitting there like, dang, that's kind of OPI. All right, listen. <laughs> God love you, Joe Hayden. I mean, are you kidding me? The fact that you didn't cry for P.I. there. I've never met a DB that wouldn't cry for P.I. when it wasn't P.I. Like, like that, that's giving some serious love to D.I. Hey, if I cried, if I cried, the ref wasn't going to change it. It would have did nothing but embarrass me and my family. So I just went out like a man. I just took it like a man. Outstanding. Kimberly, we got to get some, we have to throw some diva into Joe Hayden somehow. I, I'll be honest. Um... Apologies, but that's just a really good play. Like, I don't know. I, I'm sorry. Oh, she sorry, didn't see the left Joe. hand. Oh, she didn't see the left hand. It's okay. There you go. I love you, Kimberly. Kimberly. We didn't see the left hand. Now <laughs> we got him going. All right. So let's dive into your top five most difficult wide receivers to cover. D Hop didn't make the list, but he's still yeah. a stellar player. Let's go through it. And there are some incredible names on this list. Where do we start at number five? We go five. We go AJ Green. Okay, AJ Green. AJ we Green. We go AJ Green number five. Here. I don't know if everybody else remembers the A.J. Green I'm talking about. I'm talking about 2011 to 2015 A.J. Green while he was in. Well, here, this is when I played him in Florida. This is when we, I, me and A.J. Green That's have been going history. at it since. Since he was at Georgia and I, I was at Florida, we've been getting after it. He's had, he got me a couple of times. Couple. I've got him a couple of times. I mean, when he got drafted to Cincinnati, though, 2011, he was going 1,000 yards back to back to back. Uh, super tall, 6'4", lanky, vertical jump, um, unbelievable. So, him and Andy Dalton, it was, a, it was a lot of tough matches, so he went to five. Is that an almost house call off of Matthew Stafford, by that the way? That was to the one-yard line. The one-yard line. Was Stafford that Mo Masakwa? Mohamed Masakwa. Come on, man. Come on, Mo Masakwa. Let him have that six. Then we go to number four, Julio okay. Jones. Julio Jones, you want to just drag him right up there? Yeah, <laughs> teaching the touch ah. screen, day one. Okay, we got Julio Jones here. He's number four. I played him also when he was yeah. at... Alabama, a lot, a lot of big matchups there. Yep. God, this is a big dude. Oh, my. Yeah. Good play on Aliens. his side. Good play on his side. So, uh, Julio, when we did the Georgia, that was nice. I mean, Alabama. And then we played a good lot against each other when he was at Atlanta. Um, just humongous. He's one of the biggest receivers. He reminds me of Megatron. So, he's like a Megatron-type receiver. Okay. And number three. Megatron number three. This, really? hmm. We go Odell Beckham Jr. I'll get this one. OBJ, new Raven. We go OB, OBJ, and this is Odell Beckham Jr. when he was at New York. Okay. This is 2013, 2014 Odell. New York, he look, He just opening up That's his That's not nice. You gotta speed, have a word with the producers speed, after this. His speed was unbelievable. He danced on me crazy. I mean, <laughs> he deserved it right there. Good job, O. I mean, he was just releases, quickness, and this is around when he was doing the one-hand catch. I mean, it was just unbelievable. I think I might have, I'm in cover two. Safety yeah, help yeah, here. Saying, Safety help. Well, that, that wasn't just not, not, not too bad. Never give up on the play. Never. Right play through the receiver's yes. arms. You got a chance to make a play. Number two. What Number do you got? two. We go Megatron. Okay. There he is. Calvin Johnson. This is one of the freakiest um, human beings I've ever seen. Um, as far as size, speed. I think he might be six six. You tackle him. Get him down, Joe. Please. Get him down. There we go. But, like yeah, a he's just a game. really, really big guy. Quarterback was Matthew Stafford, which is going to throw the ball on the money. God. 
just quick. He was scary. That's why he dropped that. That's what I'm scary. saying. It wasn't for me. He heard footsteps. I never heard Calvin hear footsteps. <laughs> he heard my footsteps. Okay. And then I can go with my number, num number one receiver, hardest person I've ever had to cover, Antonio Brown. Whoo, man, this guy at his apex, different. Antonio Brown in his bag, we got drafted together in 2010. He was a later draft pick, but I don't know how he made it all the way to the fifth round. Um, just speed, quickness, um, and it did not hurt. He played with a Hall of Fame quarterback, um, Ben Roethlisberger, that was throwing the ball on the dime, slipping and falling. He's just making all the dudes miss on the team. This is after his after catch, his yak yards, his punt return. I mean, it's just unbelievable to do toe, toe drag, everything. Yeah. What do you think, Tim? Listen, two things stick out to me. You know, Joe's talking about how life is hard for running backs. Dude, look at that list. Life is hard for corners. Good Lord. Like, those players are absurd. Like, that is not fun. And I will also just say this. We need to give, like, a top five Joe Hayden moment. The guy had Thank an you. unbelievable career, and he's got to put a list up here, all these dudes, you know, he's got to cover. Man. Thank well, you. Hey, coming up on NFL Live tomorrow, Joe Hayden highlights. Top five He highlights. deserves it. Okay. Right, time now for yeah, one more thing. And Aaron Rodgers has been busy this offseason, spending a lot of time in New York, but now he's out in California, spotted with Kevin Durant. We just showed all those guys. Could you cover Kevin Durant? You could lock him up. I'm, right? I'm pressing Kevin Durant off the line. If they're at the 10-yard line, it's a jump ball. I have no chance. I might actually weigh no more chance. than Kevin Durant. He's only like a foot taller than I am, so I feel like you got him in press it. coverage. I don't think Tim is quite as convinced. Great job from Joe Hayden. <laughs> Back Not tomorrow. You want to keep doing Back it? Tomorrow. Back tomorrow, NFL Live. Yeah.